the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. I'm Richard Mendelow, and as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. It's great to have you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Friends, last week we began our boot camp series with a discussion on alignment and misalignment, and we talked about the backlash against Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch as a result of their partnership with a transgender person. And we said that their misstep was an example of misalignment, basically They forgot their values and the values of the people they serve, and now they're paying the price. Mm -hmm. And the point of that story wasn't to bash anyone. It was to say that if we don't know our values or if our values are not what God values as individuals, we too may pay the price. And I think about many out there, we receive emails and texts, and I know there's genuine struggle. Yeah. Uh, my heart breaks for it. Uh, I have been in struggle. There are people in relationships that are difficult. Uh, neither party is finding the best in themselves. There's not uh, two people lifting each other up. And people are stuck. And there are people in jobs that aren't right. And there are people in medical difficulties and financial difficulties. And so our hearts are truly with you. And the idea of being stuck doesn't mean that anybody's a bad person. Uh, It just means that sometimes we can't see our way through. And so what we talk about with boot camp and alignment is that when we reference everything to God, it starts to clarify things. And then uh, with help uh, as part of a church community, with our Bibles in prayer, we can find our way along. And I heard something this uh, morning on the radio that was totally interesting to me. A lady was talking about uh, 
family abuse, domestic abuse. Mm. And she said, this, this is what totally amazed me. She said that people are more likely to believe the abuser than the person who is being abused. And the reason is because the abuser is not asking anything of them. Hmm. Interesting. Whereas the person who is being abused is asking for intervention. They're making a request slash a demand. And so in our desire to not be put on the spot and to hear nothing, see nothing, and say nothing, we tend to believe the person who's not asking anything of us. Hmm. And here's my point. So I'm just driving along and I'm listening to this conversation. And where my head went was the devil is the abuser. Mm, and he's true. easy to believe because he's not asking anything of us. Right. But Jesus is asking something of us. He's asking for a growth and transformation. And then the application of that transformation in our own lives and the lives of the people around us. Well, is that interesting or what? It's really interesting. And, and all of what you've said makes me think about this. Doesn't the word say life will be difficult? I'm obviously paraphrasing, right? It, it, but it this is the, the truth, the way, the life, right? And and it, it won't be easy. You're a human um, flesh and blood on this earth. And he flat out says it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be easy with me. And so I think... Or simple with Yeah, him, maybe but... simple. I, I'm not using the right biblical words, but that's that's the idea. So it's going to be simple. It's going to be the, the, the burden will be light through Jesus Christ. But right. I think what oftentimes we do is we have misaligned expectations. Yeah, uh, I think that's important. And so we bring that up because as we pay the price of misalignment, sometimes it's easier to stay stuck. And stay in uh, our comfort zone, in our comfort zone, believing the lies that we're told. And it's hard to believe what God wants us to believe, which is that we're redeemed. We're worthy. We have potential and capability. Every one of you who's listening to my voice has the potential for grace and mercy and just a beautiful participation in the church of Christ. And so we see all around us in the present godless mayhem of American culture, that people are in pain. Yeah. And there's a tremendous amount of dissonance. And so with boot camp, our hope is to help begin to um, foster alignment as you think through some of these things. And ultimately, we want you to better understand God's vision for your life and to better understand your personal values and your God-given strengths and passions and ultimately, to better understand your purpose on the spiritual battlefield. So today we're going to continue with that discussion as we talk about some elements of the Marine Corps planning process. I, I kind of expected a bit of applause there. and Because <laughs> it's exciting. It I mean, exciting. lots of acronyms, and yeah. that's always good. And we're going to talk about how the Marine Corps uh, planning process and some of its elements relate to us living purposeful lives in the peace and prosperity of alignment with God. Before we do that, I think it's important for those listeners who may just have jumped into the show, maybe didn't hear the last show, is to talk about we're in a series called Boot Camp, but each show is titled um, according to the topic that we're talking about. But this Boot Camp came about 
with a course that we developed during COVID pandemic time. And it really helps walk you through to a way of living out your faith in the secular world. Absolutely. Our ministry, the ministry with which we've been entrusted by God, is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And when we talk about that, we think about the intersection of our faith in the secular world. And I think about men and women standing at that intersection in the the light of Christ, looking toward the darkness and trying to help people from that darkness into the light as we do the work of Christ. So before we get started, let us pray. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your meticulous devotion and faithfulness, and we thank you for all of our listeners, each with such potential for important service in your kingdom. We know that wherever we have been and whatever we have done, in your Son we are redeemed and made new. Help us, Lord, to live as new creations in abundant, intentional, and authentic life, which glorifies you and fulfills your purpose. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay. In the military, we have this concept called the desired end state. It's a very big deal because before you go into a country and do stuff and risk lives and national treasure, you want to know what you're trying to achieve there. And when the U.S. has been involved in uh, actions or uh, wars without a very clear desired end state, we see how things drag on and get confusing and we waste potential and we get stuck. And the same is true of our lives. So in last week's show, we talked about having a vision for your life. I once started writing a book before I was truly involved with Christ called The Finish Line. And the picture I had of that book was as you're crossing the finish line, kind of like uh, Paul says, uh, you just want Jesus to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Right. But each of us in our own lives, according to our own potential, has a vision. Uh, yeah, I would it? agree. Yeah, well, I I think we do, but sometimes we lose that vision or maybe um, maybe it's somebody else's vision. That is a brilliant point. Maybe it is somebody else's vision. And what if we never took the time to actually uh, have a vision? So when I was about 30... I wrote down on a series of index cards one sentence. Yes, you did. Per index card of something that I wanted to accomplish in my life. And what did I have? Maybe 15 or 20 index cards. Yeah. And I just found them within the last six months. It was amazing. And I think all but three of those things have uh, come to pass. Thank you, God. And so... Uh, It's a great exercise. You take a stack of index cards, and maybe you do it with your wife or your husband, and the plan is you divide the deck in half, you give half to your significant other, and you say, write one sentence on each card of a view of your perfect day in 20 years, or what you want your life to be about, or what you want written on your tombstone. Yeah. And then you're going to put these things in priority order, And then you will have this vision. But the point is to be very clear about your desired end state. And so we talked about that in the first episode, and we talked about values and how one of the ways God differentiates us, aside from DNA, is the values that he gives us. 
So he has his values, and the closer our values are aligned with his values, the more right. time we spend in alignment and in the power of his will. And uh, there are also some things about us that are unique. Uh, a value might be to create. And so uh, a lot of good values exercises, if you have a pen and pencil, uh, pen or a pencil handy, uh, and you Google values exercise PDF. You're going to come up with a lot of different things, and you'll go through these exercises, and by the time you get done, you'll have five to ten words that are very important to you. And that's going to help you as you try and build this vision. Uh, another place that we have gone uh, in the class was Strengths Finder 2.0. Yeah, and before that, they could uh, even email us if they can't seem to find a values exercise, we can share one with them too. Uh, courageous Christianity at gmail.com. Just write us at courageous Christianity at gmail.com. Okay. And then lastly, tell us about the passion test. I'm not real so strengths finder 2.0. You can find that on Amazon and that has an awesome assessment in the back. And then the passion test, and this is kind of a three part, um, step-by-step process that I went through to help me get from point A to point B, that desired end state and passion is really the energy, what brings light to your eyes, uh, bounce to your step is kind of what I say. And it's called the passion test. You can Google that. You can find that on uh, Amazon as well. Okay. So that's what we talked about last week. You haven't missed anything and it is available on podcast should you want to go back. But we're talking about you need a vision and you can help understand that vision as you go through your values, uh, your strengths and your passions. You need a clear vision. Clear vision. And stay with us because we're going to talk about it more in the second segment. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our boot camp series. Today is part two, and we were just talking about getting clear on who we are through our values, strengths, and passions, and building a vision of what we want to do with our lives, and prayer is a big part of that to make sure that God speaks into that vision, uh, lest you want something that truly isn't what he values. Uh, A lot of scriptures came up when I was thinking about that, and the one particularly is from the book of Luke, chapter 16, verse 15, when Jesus said, that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Yeah. 
And so all visions are not right, necessarily, and the reason is because we're coming from the world to faith, generally, and we spend so much time getting lied to about so much, we can't really trust ourselves. So as we build this vision, we want to go back to God's Word as written in the Bible. And what the Holy Spirit puts on our hearts and souls. Amen. 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 I don't want anything that God doesn't want me to have. So God is amazing because as we prepared for this series— Things have just started falling into place like the last... They do, don't they? (laughs) Incredible. The last two sermons at church have basically been about... They have. um, ...the end. Yep. And not to be morbid, but if you think about the end, it informs how you want to live now. Absolutely. And then our devotional, which Christy and I are doing, or Bible study rather, by Kenneth Boa, said something brilliant, and he said... If you had a diagnosis from a doctor that said you have one year to live, how would you live your life? And if the way you would live your life, if you have one year to live, is different than the way you're living your life now, then that's the gap. Right. Uh, We refer to it as the gap. I forget what he said, but that's the area of dissonance. Right. Because why should it change? Well, and, and I often say this too, totally agree with him, but I mean, we don't know that we're promised, we're not promised the next second. Right. I mean, we lose people all the time in the next second. You talk to one person, the next time you, you hear they're gone. So we we don't need to be waiting to live out that life. We need to start right now, right now, right now, the next second. Should we start right now? Right now. Okay. <laughs> Hurry so- up. <laughs> Hurry up. Have you started yet? Uh, right now. <laughs> so uh, the amazing thing about it is he, he said something, Kenneth Boa, in this Bible study. He said, you're supposed to take care of your body as though it will last forever and your soul as though you'll die tomorrow. And wow. I thought that was cool. Okay. But either way, if you have one year to live and the way you would plan to live your life in that year is different from how you're living now, then there's a uh, area of opportunity, a yeah. gap for you to get clear and for you to find authenticity. And one of the ways that you do that is to ask God to read scripture and to see what he values, because he said, don't be in love with the world. And then uh, the other thing that's important is to check yourself, because another thing we talked about last week was mental models. And we form these mental models based on our experience, but our experience is often not right. Before we go there, I want to step back real quick, if okay. you don't mind, to just a distinction. When we look at that gap, and we, you mentioned that we look at it for opportunities and possibilities, uh, some people might look at it and go, oh, I'm not there yet, right? And so uh, you're going into mental models, which is talking about perspectives, but I want people to think about that gap can be a place of opportunity and possibility. It's not saying you're doing anything wrong or bad. It's all about growth and change and drawing closer to Christ. I think that's a great distinction to make at this point. And that was the comment that I made in the intro when I was saying, it's just so easy to believe the abuser because he's asking nothing of you. Yeah. So have you heard that expression, if the devil's not bothering you, you're not bothering the devil? Hmm. I don't know that I have. And as Christians, we're supposed to be bothering the devil. Hmm. Because a lot of other religions are basically on their back foot in a place of pursuing uh, self-righteousness or in a place of pursuing perfection, which is unattainable, or in a place of 
uh, self-care. I've got to be me. And a lot of times when we come to church with that worldly perspective, we want the church to care for us. But the truth of the matter is, friends, as Christian warriors, we're on the offensive. We go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that we have learned from Jesus. Ours is an offensive religion. Not, uh, not offensive. Not offensive. Not of- yeah. offensive. Offensive. <laughs> There's a distinction there. And so in church, we get the word and we get prepared, kind of like the combat outpost before a patrol. And you hear the intelligence summary for the day and you uh, get a briefing on the mission. And then with intention, you lock and load and go do the Lord's business. And so uh, we talked about that, and then we talked about um, mental models. So uh, I was reading this essay on Israeli strategic culture, and this guy named Rafal Kopek, and I have trouble pronouncing his name, in 2016, he said, history, standards, ideas, and identity combine to form the dominant narratives acting as the lens through which communities look at events and which, to some extent, direct reactions to them. Hmm. And so in our lives, if we're stuck, we're used to looking at things a certain way, we're used to hearing things, uh, sometimes our parents, sometimes a spouse, Mm. sometimes a partner in a relationship that wants something from you and isn't really concerned with what is best for you. And that's a wrong relationship that we need to walk away from. But because we're stuck and because we're looking through the lens that I'm not worthy of better or more, maybe we stay when we should go. I love that you're saying lens because, um, you know, it's just kind of like glasses. And I think a pastor talked, did a sermon on this, too. Um, yeah, Pastor Alec did. It's almost like uh, I've got my glasses here for those on the listening to the show. You can't see them, but I'm putting them on. It's like you put on these glasses and maybe you don't have a clear vision. You don't. No, uh, you're seeing only the way that you can through these uh, glasses and you take them off and maybe see differently or vice versa. And and so, so many people don't understand that they can have a different lens. Well, I think that different lens is amazing and available to each of us, especially through the Holy Spirit. Absolutely it is. But a lot of people don't know this. They think they're stuck with, with you know, 2.0 vision or whatever that is. <laughs> well... Uh, Christy was working this weekend and she left me alone with my Bible and I had the most (laughs) amazing time. And I was reading in Psalm 37, 4, which I've read many times, but suddenly this weekend it took on a different meaning. And Psalm 37, verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I had always kind of thought that that would mean, okay, so I'm focused on God and then my mind says, I want a new job, and then I would get a new job. Or my mind says, I want to be prosperous, and then I would be prosperous, because that's what I really want. And so I thought desires of your heart is what you really want. And then this weekend when I was reading, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And what I suddenly realized is my desires— having looked at the world through this lens and the desires of my heart might be very different. So my heart's desires are to know God. My heart's desires are to serve. 
my heart's desires are to have peace and not anxiety and worry. And if I'm focused on God, then my heart will have those desires. It's like you're putting on the lenses of God. As you're drawing closer to him, you're you're becoming more like like him. Right. So it's not like Burger King, have it your way. Right. Unless, or, or I wonder if most of you are too young to remember that campaign <laughs> where it was like, have it your way. Except you are making me hungry. Okay, I'll do you so. a favor and not say anymore. <laughs> but uh, then I came to this new understanding where it's not so much having it your way as it is having it the way that matters. Yeah. And so I got, I spent a lot of time in Psalm 37, and it is basically the vision, the desired end state of the psalmist, because it says, verse 37, 3, trust in the Lord. Verse 37, 3, do good. Verse 37, 3, befriend faithfulness. Verse 37, 5, commit your way to him. And verse 37, 7, rest and wait patiently for the Lord. So that is a vision of sorts right? where he says, I want to trust in the Lord and I want to do good and I want to be faithful and I want to just commit my way to God. And then I will have the desires of my heart, which are peace and service. And so that so, was a whole new way to look at that. So we're... When we're in alignment with what you're saying, then it's a lot easier to see and and have that crystal clear vision because it's what God intended for us. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. That is absolutely what I'm saying. So uh, Marine Corps planning process, the first step is mission analysis. Ah. We get a mission. And it's the same in our lives. We have to know what our personal mission is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then it's important to get very clear and use very specific words. So in the Marine Corps, in the Marine Corps planning process, a mission statement is actually comprised of two parts. The first part says, go and do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be these words in the middle that say, in order to. Yes. And whatever comes after in order to is the commander's intent. It's what he or she really wants to achieve with the action that came in the first part. So maybe it would sound like this. Blow up the bridge in order to stop the enemy from crossing the river. And so I know after the, (laughs) in order to, the commander's intent is to stop the enemy from crossing the river. Yes, you're going to blow up the bridge to stop the enemy. Okay, it's so important because if blowing up the bridge is impossible, if you start to lose your way, if you're taking casualties, if it's just not happening, then you say, what is the commander's intent? Stop the enemy. Stop the enemy. So maybe you call in an airstrike or maybe you do something else. But this is true of us in our lives. And stay with us. We're going to talk about it more in the third segment. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. 
Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our boot camp series, part two, talking about understanding ourselves and understanding ourselves in reference to God. Knowing who we are, what our strengths are, what our talents are, what do we like to do, what have we always done? Like Christy sent me a, um, what do you call that video that you, on the internet? Like, what is that? A video on the internet. Okay. <laughs> uh, Christy sent me a video from the internet, and it was about the story about this little kid who was always tapping, oh, always yeah, drumming, yeah. always banging his Mi- feet or his Mr. Hands. Jensen. Mr. Jensen? Uh, yeah, the video, Mr. Jensen video it's a story about a teacher who saw a young boy who might have otherwise been thought to be distracted not paying attention he was always drumming, drumming and, and thumping and, and tapping and so this teacher saw something and him pulled him aside and said here let me give you some drumsticks and he went on to be i mean he's now a professional uh public speaker and he uses his drums in that. And his whole life has been about drumming. So he wasn't yeah. broken. There wasn't anything about him that was wrong. He just hadn't found his place. And so we're saying that a little bit here because if you think about it, we grew up and our parents said, get a job. And, I'll, okay, let me make it personal. Here's a crazy thing. In my family, it was expected that you were going to go to college, mm-hmm. go to medical school, mm-hmm. and then be a doctor. Right. And... What's the first thing my dad did after he retired from being a doctor? He bought an RV, took a fly fishing course, and went to Alaska. <laughs> and so my question is, why did he tell me that I should be something that he didn't even like necessarily want to be doing every day? Well, I guess he did. Well, Maybe he did it for a long time and was, was very well respected. Yeah. But yeah. 
You're I, right, I but you get what I'm saying. And so he, uh, my parents kind of said, okay, go get this education, go do this thing, um, get a credit card, buy a house, get a new car, get married, have kids. And then the very second they were done with all that, they're like, we're done with this. <laughs> the Marine Corps expression is that you drop your pack. It's like when you hear the end is you just drop your pack and you're like, okay, I'm out of here. And so bang, there they are in an RV heading for Alaska. And I'm stuck with this credit card debt and this big house and all of that stuff. And so we end up in these places that aren't necessarily authentically, intrinsically ours or where God says we should be. So we live other people's lives or the lives they think we should live. Right. And so now what's really happening? We're looking for change. We're looking for change to change our circumstances, to change that relationship. Uh, We're looking for the transformation of Christ to bring transformation to our lives. And the way we do it is by getting very clear on the desired end state, who and what we are. And then we started talking about mission. In some ways, I think we're looking for the true self that we know is, is maybe buried way deep down in there. Like we, we may know ourselves and it's just about a matter of, having the path to follow and the courage to take those steps on that path. Yeah. So the story about the kid uh, and drumming, tapping, getting in trouble in school every single day. And then a teacher has the the wisdom to say, Hey bud, here's some, here's some drumsticks. When I heard this gentleman talk about this experience, it's like, you don't know uh, whose life you're influencing by when you see something about them and and sharing good thoughts like, oh, wow, you have this particular talent. Because left to our own device, we, we would probably tell ourselves we, we don't have any abilities, right? Right. We're going to kind of see the glass half full. Or we would say, I've got to keep doing what, I've been, what right. I have been doing yeah. because I've been doing it. And it's kind of like I've run into organizations like that where the organization yeah. doesn't want to change because we're doing what we always did. And then you say to them, well, how's it working for you? Yeah. And they say, well, not great. And then you say, well, would you like to change? And they say, yes. And you say, okay, this is how you can do it. And they say, we don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. And I think we do that in our lives and I'm not making fun because it's hard. That's just real. I mean, that's the reality. And that's important to do is to look at the reality of your situation. So in the reality of your situation, you come up with a personal mission statement. Uh, For me, it is uh, to serve God, to serve my wife and my family to honor my calling, and then to have a job. And that job is what allows me to come back and do all of those other things. And it's that priority, God, family, my calling, and job. And so if you asked me to write a mission statement, it would be uh, to speak to people about Jesus in order Order to, to, remember that's the commander's intent, in order to glorify God, and equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. So that would be my mission statement, and I think it's really important to write it down. And then there's this thing that can happen called mission creep. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know anything about that. We've got to be so (laughs) careful because once you know that your mission is to do this one thing, then sometimes... Remember, if you're not bothering the devil, the devil's not right. bothering you. So now you got clear on a mission statement and who and what you are and what God wants from you. So now the devil's bothering you. What do you say about busyness and the devil? If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah. Mm. And so let's say you get clear on, let's say for me, I finally figured out that I was meant to have a radio show where I talk to people about courageous faith. 
And then the very second I do that, the devil says, hey, there's a sale at Carter's Country and they've got guns 50% off. (laughs) No, you would never want to go there. Because here's the thing. (laughs) The devil knows your thing. He knows your weaknesses. Yeah. If it's booze, if it's uh, relationships, if it's... Uh, you like Sleep, guns, food, anything, guns Whatever in your it case. Is. Yeah. And so the very second. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't. Um, the very, but we can make a, a demigod of anything. Yeah. Too much of a good thing is right. not good. So now you got to be aware of mission creep. And I have a couple sayings for you. If you did get your pen and pencil out, I was uh, speaking at the equivalent of Marine Corps Top Gun. It's called uh, Fighter Weapons and Tactics. Uh, and. The commanding officer, when he introduced me as the speaker, he said to his people, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And I love that expression because, hey, those people were warriors and they were the Jedis of their various specialties. And he just said to them, hey, you be you. I like it too. And uh, if you focus on everything, you focus on nothing. Very true. And so I think this is really important as we get clear on our mission and we decide that's where we're going to focus. And so in the Bud Light example, not to beat a dead Clydesdale, but (laughs) a lot of corporations. No horses were harmed on this show. Nice. Very good. That was a caption at the bottom. No animals were actually hurt in the... And nor would they ever be because we love animals. Right. Uh, But there's an example of a corporation that had mission creep. And it's like, dude, your job is to make beer for Americans. Not it's only not... creep, they've lost their way. Okay, they lost the bubble. But normally mission creep isn't so obvious. It's, and so there's yeah. a lot of corporations in the United States have decided that they're supposed to be social influencers. Yeah. And they're supposed to get involved in all of this stuff. And so what happened in the United States, instead of these traditional corporations, which are Uh, raised and bred in America on American values, being the anchors that held our society in place as the winds of change blew, what happened? They tried to get on board the ship that was being tossed around in the waves, and now we have Bud Light uh, making a fool of itself. Well, this may be a little off topic, but in some ways, isn't it because they're following the dollar? And so... I think it's more than that. I think it's pandering. But anyway, it's an example of mission creep. And so one of the things we do in prayer each day when we wake up is we talk to God about our mission for that day. He said his grace is sufficient. He said, focus on this day. And what's the commander's intent? And what's the commander's intent? So if you ever get lost... If you're ever wondering, should you buy this big screen TV? Should you move? Do you need a big car? Should you get married? Any of these big life decisions, not that the TV is a big life decision, but if you ever get confused, then what you go back and you say is, what is my commander's intent? And what does scripture say? Amen. Because that's where you're going to read about your commander's intent. And so uh, we were just reading, for example, as we're doing a lot of work on uh, the ministry Courageous Christianity, and there's lots of change, and it's very exciting, I went back to Titus chapter 2, which talks about, um, to me, it speaks right to what we should be doing uh, in our ministry. 
and how we should be speaking about God and speaking to people to equip men and women and children. So if we get lost in our vision, we go right back there, and that gives us our so-called marching orders. Nice. Exactly. And so that's how mission and commander's intent work. And where we're going with this is that at the end of boot camp, you're going to have a command philosophy. So as though you were a commanding officer, you're the commanding officer of your life. You're going to have this command philosophy, and as Christy will attest, our family's command philosophy is posted on the wall of our house. Yes, it is. In the same way, a squadron commander posts his command philosophy on the wall of the squadron the first day he takes over. And a command philosophy is one of the ways that a commander communicates his vision to his unit. Uh, A well-written command philosophy helps everybody to understand the mission the organizational values, strengths, and capabilities, and also the things which will be out of line with all of that. And so I believe that the home of every warrior should have a command philosophy. I do too. And ours does. It's on the wall, and it's actually a poem. Not just homes, but offices. Having the courage to put that in your public spaces. That's right. Christy told the story last week of one of the people who attended a boot camp program that we put on actually posted their command philosophy in their conference room. Yep. Had it done on a big poster board and sent me a picture, was really proud of it, and and, uh, I can't imagine what influence it's had. So think about this. You post your command philosophy above the dinner table where your family sits and eats and where you pray and say grace. And that helps shine light on everything that family does. Stay with us, friends. We'll be in the final segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're having an exciting conversation on our boot camp series. Part two is uh, looking at basically the strategic level. So in warfare, there are four levels. The lowest level is the tactical level. 
The next level up is the operational level. Then you have the strategic level, and all of that is designed to achieve the political level. And then I think of it, since I came to Christ and since I spend all of my life thinking about God, that there's a fifth level, which is the divine level. Mm. And so if we started today in the divine level, where we said, who are you? Who, how does God see you? How do you see God? And then there's the political level where we talked a little bit about the world and um, the change that we're trying to affect in the system. Warfare is about uh, affecting a change in a system. And we're trying to affect a change in our lives, yeah. in the systems of our lives. Our lives and our businesses. and yeah. Our lives, our businesses, um, to find that alignment with the divine level. And below the political level, you have the strategic level. And that's where we've been mostly talking when we've said, okay, you have a mission and you have commander's intent. And then below that, you have the operational level, which is one of those things. It has a dumb definition where the definition is itself. <laughs> right. And so the definition of the operational level is it connects the tactical level to the strategic level. Okay, okay, well, thanks. We'll we'll do lunch. Um, but it actually is pretty good because in the operational level, you have these lines of operation. And if you imagine, let's say, a regular uh, guy like me, a husband and a father, then one of the lines of operation would be faith and values. And that is my foundational line of operation. And then on top of that, I have a family line of operation where I focus on family. And then maybe my job is a line of operation. Maybe politics is a line of operation for me. Maybe uh, education. If you've got young kids and it's very important to you to be at school board meetings and influencing change in the education system. So it the lines of operation will be the areas where you apply persistent influence to affect the strategic change in your life. For example, to go back to the difficult relationship in which maybe some of us uh, were stuck or are stuck, and you can say, I can't affect the, uh, I can't be the person I'm supposed to be in this relationship. And so your strategy is to affect change in that relationship so that you can clear the slate and be the person God meant you to be, and then all other things come. So the operational level there would still have all the other areas, but in this instance, relationships would kind of rise uh, in importance, and you'd be focused there for the next while. Yeah, until we different, you gain seasons. different seasons. Different yeah, seasons. That's a great way life, to put and it. So that some, you know, you have children and that area of your life takes right. over well put, or you have yes. a job change in that or you move and that takes over as uh, somebody's ill. So there's, it's not static. It, it, exactly right. The battlefield is never static, but we do have to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. So in any time we have to recognize the main thing. And if we say it's relationship, then we have to focus there and keep that the main thing because we've identified that it's our critical vulnerability right. and it's what's stopping us from achieving our mission. And so uh, then you're down at the tactical level. And so boot camp is not just this theoretical stuff. There are actually, as we've worked our way down, we're now going to get into 
uh, more of the operational and tactical level. We're going to have boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. And so <laughs> See how I did that? We had a vision. <laughs> we had a desired end state. Right. We had our core values, which are like our rules of engagement. Yeah. Um, just like in combat, you have rules of engagement. And these values, if honesty is one of my values, I can't then build this whole campaign on lies. Right. Uh, there's that misalignment again. And you'll kind feel of like it. You, you will feel, feel it. it. Nothing you do will work. You will not be in the power of God. And you can't ask him to bless something that isn't in alignment with him. So a key thing there is if you are feeling dissonance right now, if you are feeling off, so to speak, a good chance is that you need to do this work because you are likely out of alignment. Right. So what would you say that misalignment how can somebody know if they're in misalignment well they may not they may just keep going um you know i go back i always go back to the fruits of the spirit so you look at your life and if it's not producing what you have in your mind what you wanted then you can see it when you when you feel upset and angry when you're not living out those fruits of the spirit then possibly you're feeling that as well. You're feeling angry all the time, for example, and the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. You're not feeling that. Kindness. (laughs) Okay. Goodness. Yeah. Um, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the spirit. So if those things aren't uh, coming out of you, if you're not feeling that way, then you may have a thorn in you like Paul talked about. Yeah. And you got to get that thorn out in order to go and be who you are supposed to be. Or deal with it. Because if I know, if I I think I have it correct, Paul never got rid of the thorn. He learned how to surrender it to to God. God. Okay. So tactical level in the next uh, boot camp part three. Yep. What can our listeners expect? So we're, I I like to use this word, we're going to kind of operationalize it. Uh, Give you're going to determine steps to be able to take to close that gap. So if we said the the desired end state was, say, point B, that's the clear vision, that's the, the vision given by the Holy Spirit by God, you're at point A, and so now you've gotten clear on who you are, You've you, but you've set your mission. We know the commander's intent. We've got, we're beginning to write that command philosophy, but that command philosophy is going to include goals and objectives to achieve that end state. And so we're going to help people understand how to write those goals and determine the steps to take to move towards, to close that gap. That is brilliant, friends. Uh, Very grassroots, ground level, boots on the ground. Practical. Practical. I could have just said practical. That would have been such. But I love all the other adjectives. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Um, Christy developed this great form. For example, she calls it a map. Get it? You're going from point A to point B and And you need a map. And even more, it's my action plan. It's my action plan. And it's organized so as to help you understand if these are my values and if this is my mission and if I say these are my goals, then... These are the tasks, and this is how my day has to look, and this is where I have to prioritize. And then what happens is you end up in this place of alignment and power where you're living who you are, you're doing what you say is important to you. If you were to look at your checkbook and your calendar, it would reflect accurately 
that you said that God was important to you, and there's a check uh, where you tithe to your church, and there's a check where you uh, wrote for uh, charity. And so, wow, I can see based on your finances that you are in alignment and where you as could, an example. And where you could get is you talked about those note cards that you did. Now, while you didn't follow this format, you kind of walked that out. You wrote those note cards. Today, you look back at it and you're like, wow, I achieved them because you've been putting one foot in front of the other towards that goal. You didn't even know you were doing it. But here's where I failed. I did not come up with the goals and tasks. Ah, I may have done that stuff haphazardly, which might explain why it took 20 years. But what you're proposing is actually those goals and tasks which would have helped me so much. Close the gap sooner. Close the gap sooner. Friends, that is the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. Today, our moment of truth comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And so, I don't know if there is a better expression of how important you are to God. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to ask you to explore your vision for your life because it's important. Do you see yourself as chosen, as part of a royal priesthood and a holy nation? Because you should. Jesus says you are. Think in those terms. See yourself as the warrior servant that God has made you to be. And remember... The world is going to lie to you. Mm. And it's always easiest to believe the abuser because he doesn't want you to change. And change is hard. And deep down, you may want change, but you may avoid it. And we all do that, and that's how we get stuck. So the world wants us all to be victims. But God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The world says you are a social security number, a credit score, a vote, a taxpayer. But God says he has plans to prosper you. Look at your life through that lens in the redemption and freedom of Christ, that new mental model where you see yourself as part of a holy nation of priests. Then you decide on your desired end state, the vision you have for your life, and then you make plans for godly change to close that gap. Our prayer for this ministry is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and you are a warrior. And our hope with this series is the first step in any warrior's life, which is boot camp, yeah. to help us all live authentic lives in Christ, because that's courageous Christianity. So friends, our goal is that by the end of this series, you will have a vision for your life, a mission statement, a command philosophy that states what is important to you and how you plan to live, and goals and the mindset to achieve your vision. So I hope you'll stay with us. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com, on your favorite podcast app, or at courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.